overcomers in this life, we've been made victorious through the blood of Jesus Christ. And I plead the blood today. I invoke that blood because it's contractual with each of us, the blood of Jesus Christ. The blood gives us the victory. The blood brings us into the holy place with the Lord that no one can go before. But because of Jesus, each of us can go before the Father. Amen. Each of us can receive fullness from heaven. Each of us can receive. There's another place in the New Testament that says he gives super grace. You've heard of Superman? Well, think of Superman and put it into the realm of grace of God. Super grace God grants each of us. What do we have to do? You must believe, right? You have to believe. You have to receive. It says it in Mark, and I'm not sure why I'm going. This is, this is not on the script. But it says it in Mark 11, 11, 24. When you pray, believe you have received it, and it shall be yours. It is yours. That's why we can call that victory Victory, the song, Victory is Mine. We sing victory in Jesus, but you know what? Victory is mine. Through the blood of Jesus, victory is mine. Victory is yours. Point at your neighbor and say, victory is yours. Glory to God. <laughs> you don't need to point. Uh, someone was pointing out, I think Dola was pointing out to me. She says, you got this great big finger and you're doing this. And, and that's what she sees, this great big finger pointing out. She says, what you need to do is do like a Roman order. Just do this. <laughs> so I'm going to do this, okay? Victory is yours along with mine. It's our possession. It's covenant. It's contract. Amen. And why is that? Because it tells us that Jesus, for the he, he despised the shame, right? He, he, he laid aside the suffering and the shame, despised it, counted it as nothing because there was something before him. As that principle of the seven habits said, begin with the end in mind. He began the whole journey with the end in mind, knowing this. It says he's now set down at the right hand of God. Hallelujah. He endured it. And we're going we're gonna to look at the road that he took to get there. I think I'm going to go give in to the dark side of the glasses here. <laughs> what they do is make the letters. It's sent, Here's what, what I'm dealing with in the natural here. See, it fuzzes all you guys out, but it makes it a little clearer on this piece of paper here that I'm, I'm glancing at and looking at here. Uh, I, a few weeks back, Dola talked me into going in with her to the eye doctor, so they, they did this stuff with them drops, shoot your eyeballs up real big, make this pupils real big, dilate them. And when they did that, it something happened, and they started acting funny on me. And he sent me to this other one, and this guy put a needle, a shot in my right eyeball. That was not fun. It wasn't fun trying to drive home like that. Okay. <laughs> so, but I made it. And, and you know what? It, this eye, I can close the, the right, the left eye, and I see just fine out of it now. It apparently straightened out the wrinkles that was on the lens there. Okay. So they want to do it one more time. So we're working with that. But they put these three different kinds of drops in there when they were doing that exam for this thing. And these little floaters had started showing up over here. Anybody ever had floaters in your eyes? Mm -hmm. it, what, the, what he said was that that's a little tiny bit of blood coming out around your eyelids out there. And it's showing up. It's like a little strand of hair, kind of like, okay? Well, these floaters were over here. And since they started messing with this, 
All of a sudden, these the, the floaters that were here, look, I, I command them to be dissolved and wash away. And that appears to be what's happening. The, the, the big black hairs and all that seem to have been breaking apart in little bitty tiny pieces. And so what's happened is there's this little rectangular circle like this big in the middle of the eye that's this fuzzball, this blur in the middle. If I look to the side, this vision's perfect looking out this way from there. But right there, and that is very distracting and troubling to try to drive. It's also very distracting and troubling to try to study, to try to write or type up notes or anything like that. Very difficult. It's a, you might call it a trial going through. Been through enough of those the last five years, I'm telling you. But you know what? I, I hold to and stand on this. Each of us needs to do that in our lives. God always causes me to triumph in Christ yeah, Jesus. Yeah. Glory. You missed a good chance to shout right there. Hallelujah. He always causes us to triumph. It doesn't matter what our eyeballs are seeing. The Bible says the things that are seen are eternal forever. The things that are not seen are temporary. What does temporary mean? It means it's going to pass pretty soon, right? It's, it's subject, that's a good word. Subject to change. The subject to change is the word of the Lord changing it, glory to God, and believing, grabbing hold of that promise. Amen. And that's what we've been doing. That's what I've been standing. Uh, and another thing, a, a little confession to make to you this morning, I'm eating that bowl, a little bowl of granola, some raisins at the table, and all of a sudden something hits me, and I'm at the sink. But I wasn't throwing anything up. It was just that reflex action was happening. And I started, oh, 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 Jesus. <laughs> and then I said, no, Lord, I thank you that I am the healed of the Lord, that I have an assignment, I have a post, I'm going to remain at my post, and you are going to have to make up the difference for me. So here I is, standing in front of you and not doing that. <laughs> Everybody say, thank you, Jesus, right? <laughs> not doing that, but I had that physical feelings before church an hour, around an hour before church. And the temptation, the darts were coming at me, you're sick, buddy. You're a sick puppy. You need to go lay down and let someone else dole handle church or something. Not going to do that. Uh-uh. Got an assignment. Have a mission. As the Blues Brothers, I'm on a mission from God, right? I, got a, I have something to do. So I showed up. Tanya was mentioning something. Oh, with her hand. She got a cut on her hand and they were, are you going to play the piano? Well, yeah, I'm going to play the piano. That's what I'm called to do, amen? <laughs> so that's the attitude. Thank you, Tanya, for standing firm in that area. Amen. Glory to God. That's, that's wonderful. We've we got to do that sometimes. we got to grab a hold. It says through faith and patience we inherit the promises of God. Jesus it says, for the joy that was set before him, Hebrews 12, uh, 1, 2, and 3, the joy that set before him endured the cross, a horrible, horrible, horrible thing. Uh, we need to have an understanding. We need to have it opened up to our understanding. Remember, remember little Johnny, my, my friend, I'm going to have some more little Johnny stories probably later on down the road. Things that he, little stunts that we pulled together and he did. And I'll remember little Johnny, uh, remember he was failing math class and his folks got concerned we can't afford for him to miss a grade. And they put him in the, in the Catholic school a few miles away. He, he goes into, he's okay, everything's good. He goes to math class and he's freaking out. Oh, what am I going to do? Oh, no, he didn't know to pray. You know, he just, what am I going to do? 
And all of a sudden, by two days later, he's at the top of his class among the students there. He was failing, now he's tops. And his folks finally had to ask him, what happened? The teacher asked him, what happened to you? What changed your mind, Johnny? And he says, well, he says, I sat down in my chair and I looked up there on the, the front wall up there and I saw that fella, fella nailed to that plus sign. This Catholic school, you remember what they're famous for, right? I saw that fella nailed onto that plus sign and I decided I didn't want to be up there with him. So I got this down. I got this. I decided I was going to learn this math pretty quickly. So he did. So you see, he had a faulty understanding of the plus sign up there, didn't he? He got the job done, right? But he had a faulty understanding. And we need to, if we're going to walk in the true victory, if we're going to obey fully the word and have an understanding, a revelation of this word inside of us, we need to get a proper understanding. You remember 1 John 5 and 20 says, He has given us an understanding. I want to ask you this. If you went to your English class and paid attention, what tense is the word has or hath? What tense is that? Is it past, present, or future? It's past tense. So he has given us an understanding. We have it. It's ours. We just have to open the understanding up and gain it, right? Amen? That, that's our assignments to go get a hold of it, to have our eyes open and enlightened and revealed to us. So we need to have this proper understanding of resurrection and the resurrection power of the Lord Jesus. Uh, we're going to continue on. There were... Y'all realize something? The shame he endured. Did you know he went through six trials that night? Are y'all aware of that? He went through six trials that night. The first trial was not a real trial. Uh, that was before uh, Annas. Anybody ever know an Annas? I, I knew some Ann's, but I'd never known an Annas. There was a fellow named Annas. Okay. Uh, 1 Timothy 6.13 says this. I urge you, and let me get the, the dark side on here, please. I urge you in the sight of God who gives life to all things and before Christ Jesus who witnessed the good confession before Pontius Pilate. That's one of his trials before Pontius Pilate. So let's get an understanding of the, the, uh, the unfairness and the injustice, the shame that these religious leaders inflicted on the Lord Jesus so long ago. Amen. Uh, they show us six legal courtroom transactions or trials. Every one of them were illegal. Anybody here ever been to court? <laughs> you know, I hear some chuckles. Maybe maybe you went for the wrong kind of court. Got here or something. I, I've been, I've not, oh, I was, uh, and I'm not going to take the time to tell you this is something. I was, I went before I was accused of something and actually spent a night in jail, believe it or not, this little innocent, little naive kid, dude, spent a night in jail. And when it came time, I told the guys in there, in the cell, they, they were like 30 of us in this big block cell thing, and I told them, I said, I didn't do anything. I've been wrongly accused and charged you, I didn't do anything. And all of them were like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all kind of winking at each other, you know. And I said, no, no, no. You boys don't understand. Maybe you are lie, lie about these sorts of things. I'm not lying. I didn't do anything. i got to get these off for a second. I can't see you. <laughs> and, and so it came time. I told them, you watch. When I go before the, the hearing and the court thing, they're going to release me. You watch. And sure enough, uh, I, I had to, they, my uh, 
family member, my previous uh, deceased wife, went down and found a bail bondsman and got me bailed out that night, okay? So, because my son was having an Eagle Scout ceremony the next night. I had to be there. So, Monday, I went before the judge. I waited. They, I was the last one they called. I was there five hours waiting. Watched all the circus going on up front and all this stuff. Five hours. I walk up, start walking up front when they call my name. The state's attorney over here says, Your Honor, uh, there are no charges to file against this man. He needs to be released. Glory to God. I didn't do anything and somehow got stuck in there. That does happen, but not that often, I guess. Anyway, and I should probably maybe shouldn't confess that, but hey, you know, that hurt. <laughs> I do know what jail is like, okay? Not fun. So anyway, where, where were we? We were talking about Jesus witnessing the good confession before Pilate. The six trials, uh, mere men uh, placing the only sinless one in the universe of mankind on trial as a criminal. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that? A people and, and the people who claimed him as their God and the one that he, they said they loved him so much, the God they loved so much, but they put him on trial in front of everybody, shamed him. He, it, they, they ripped his clothes off. We're going to get through that in just a moment. So trial one, the initial court hearing, John 18, 12 through 14. You can look that up in your, in your iPad or your Bible or whatever there. John 18, 12 through 14. It says this, Then the detachment of troops and the captain and the officers of the Jews arrested Jesus and bound him. Put his handcuffs on. And they led him away to Annas first, for he was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, who was high priest that year. Now it was Caiaphas who advised the Jews that it was profitable that one man should die for all the people. Annas was not actually a judge. Did you know that? He had no legal standing to do anything here. What he was, he was a religious mob boss. He was the godfather of Jerusalem, so to speak. And, you know, religion is the worst thing in the world. Those of you on on a, a live worship streaming with us, I sensed a few of you gasped out loud when I said that religion is the worst thing in the world, the worst thing ever perpetrated upon mankind. Well, you don't believe in religion? I really don't believe in religion. I believe in relationship. Re religion is men with their puny little feeble bodies, and some of us are real, real, real human, you know. We're not girly men, right? We're real human, right? Some of us, there some of us that are real nice specimens of humanity, you know, Jeffrey, some of us are really cool, right? And just imagine that cool, macho man, man trying to climb the stairway to heaven. Not going to work? No, the Bible says not going to work. Just imagine that. That is religion. Religion is trying to climb that stairway in your own feeble little noodle-brained, girly myself. Amen? Your flesh trying to get there. Relationship is you come to the altar and say, Jesus, I can't do this. There's no way. You're the only one. Jesus, I take you. I accept you. Jesus, I, I say it out loud. You're my Lord. I turn it all over to you. I love the song that Gary Paxton wrote back in the 70s. 
Give him all, give him all, give him all to Jesus. Remember that song? And he will turn your sorrows into joy. Oh, glory to God. I can get excited about that. But gee, it's coming. It's relationship. It's coming. And it says, Jesus says, you must be born again. Born again means a new birth, right? A new birth means a new being. A new being means a new baby. And what are you born again into? You're born into the family. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. Yeah. Glory. Yeah. You're born into that family. You become someone brand new in him. That's, that's actually true religion, really. Coming before the Lord is getting into a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus. That's the truth. That's what we need to do. But these guys were religious leaders. And now I've got to go back to this. I, I do not like this. I do not like this, Sam I am. <laughs> Amen. I'm standing against this. I'm going to be like Moses. It says his eyesight was not dim, neither was his natural vigor uh, deleted or, or lessened any at 120 years old. That's what I stand on. I'm going to have perfect 2020 past 120 years old. Glory to God. Glory to God. Social Security is going to have real problems paying me, right? <laughs> so glory to God. He's, he's before him. Uh, Annas, what happened was he was not an actual judge or priest, so this was an illegal trial. Was hearing it was illegal. So I'll get out. Uh, since he was not a judge, they did this illegal hearing. He didn't have a standing. Yet he told the Sanhedrin and the court people to railroad Jesus through. How do we know he was a boss? He gave the thumbs down to Jesus. Basically, said kill him. And then there was trial number two. Trial number two, Matthew 26 and 57. And those who had laid hold of Jesus laid, led him away to Caiaphas, the high priest, who was also the chief justice of the Supreme Court. And when the scribes and elders, they were all assembled. Now they led him before a real judge, which made it a real trial, uh, before Caiaphas, who had assembled a kangaroo court. Have you ever been tried before a kangaroo court? In school. I was never the cool crowd because we moved around. Daddy's a shell oil, got transferred. And I was never the cool crowd, so we went to these small towns. I wasn't one of the cool kids. So guess what? They had a deal one time. They accused me of stuff, and there was a kangaroo court <laughs> assembled. And it was all a bunch of malarkey. And they tried to convict me, but they couldn't. Glory to God. But you know what? They pulled it off on Jesus. He had a kangaroo court assembled. And uh, the only one without sin in all of earth's history, Aeneas, uh, the boss, had already given the thumbs down. So now they would try to, to uh, uh, convict the only not guilty person in Israel as a criminal against the nation and a criminal against their rulers who ruled Israel at this time. Anybody remember? Who was, what nation was ruling them at this time? Rome. The Roman Empire was ruling them. So that's what they were doing. They were going to, to try him as a criminal against Rome. Uh, number one, this was happening at midnight. Have you ever been to court at midnight? I know they had a TV show in the 80s called Night Court. It was all that for New York. But that's not normal. That's not legal. They had a court at nighttime. Uh, they had already considered him guilty because of the thumbs down. That's illegal. Matthew 26 and 59, 
Now the chief priests, the elders, and all the council sought false testimony against Jesus to put him to death, but they found no one. Even though many false witnesses became, came forward, they found none. But at last, two false witnesses came forward and said, this fellow said, I'm able to destroy the temple of God and build it in three days. Now, most normal people would say, you're a fruitcake. I'm not listening to you anymore if you say so. You, just imagine this building right here. Imagine someone comes up to Cecil and says, I'm going to tear your church down in three, and, and tear it all the way down and bring my bulldozers out. And in three days, I'm going to have it built back up. Wouldn't you kind of like, ah, 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 show me your permits, buddy, ah, right? So, hallelujah. So they, uh, they, they found no false witness, but two came together. Here was the illegal aspects of this. There were six, six of them. Uh, the court bribed false witnesses. Where are you going to find people that run in the criminal element at midnight in the court district of a town? You're not, right? You're just not. It's not going to happen. But they had these people show up as witnesses here at about 11 p.m. at night. So it was held at night. It, had, it, it bribed false witnesses. Uh, no here's the big thing. No defense attorney. Anybody here ever tried to go before a judge in a court and defend yourself? Yeah. One time. Didn't work. Why? Because I didn't know all the ins and outs. I didn't, and I didn't know the right palms to grease or whatever. I didn't know the right words to say. I didn't know exactly which. I wasn't able to dig enough to get into all the little precedents and things, the laws that were on the books. So it didn't turn out good for me. So imagine this. Here, here is the son of the living God, the Messiah, the one come to save them. He comes in there before these guys and he walks in there and there's no defense attorney. You know, in Rockford, if you show up and, and you're there, the judge is at least going to appoint someone, right? Isn't that right? You have no attorney, right? They're going to appoint someone, right? Have you ever had to have an attorney appointed for you? public defender, right? They, he had no defense attorney. They're running a trial through with no attorney in his behalf. No one defending him. Uh, number four, the court was prejudiced. We already know that. It says that the thumbs were down. Number five, violence in the courtroom. Have you ever seen that? I saw TV shows with, with someone getting crazy and trying to punch someone. But I've never seen one where the defendant was in front of the judge and they start slapping on him and whooping on him. Huh? They start whooping on him. Matter of fact, they start spitting on him. <laughs> and then here, here number six, all of the lies. A court is supposed to be a place... What do you do? You put your hand on the Bible. What do you say? The bailiff has you say this. I swear to sell the whole truth. Nothing but, only the truth. Nothing but the truth. So help me God. All the lies were illegal. Perjury going on. All this was done to impress the Roman rulers uh, that they were cleaning house. Israel, you read the history books, read Josephus. 
I have that big old thick book. A lot of fascinating things in there. The Israelites were a pain in the rear end and the neck and everywhere else, I'm telling you, to deal with for the Romans. There was always, you know, if you've ever been around uh, Jewish people today, they're very, a lot of them are very driven. They're the ones that get wealthy. You put them someplace where they get business, they'll get wealthy. They're very driven. They're very focused. A lot of them are very sharp people. So you got a nation of these people like this together, and you got these people with their foot on them. They're very angry about that. They don't understand why the Lord would let this happen, and they're going to do something about it, bless God. So we have, you can read it in Acts, Thudas gathered 4,000 men, went out in the desert to start a revolt. They had that kind of thing going on all the time. So in the Romans' eyes, Jesus was another one of these people. So the, the, the religious bosses were trying to clean house so the Romans wouldn't give them a whooping. That's what was happening there. So they ran this illegal trial through to show that they're, they're dealing with the troublemakers there themselves. Uh, the emperor and those that were under him, the regional director, so to speak, uh, they were breathing down the Jews' neck because of all the rebellions. Uh, this was their, the greatest liars club ever assembled anywhere. Think about that. <laughs> greatest club of liars. And they were all there to put to death the only sinless one who's ever lived. The shame of all of them. Matthew 26, 62. And the high priest arose and said to Jesus, Do you answer nothing? What is it these are witnessing against you? Now, could you do that? If I were in a, a court of law and sworn witnesses to tell the truth, and my head is on the chopping block, you can be guaranteed I'd be going, there, they lied. That's a lie. And the judges say, attorney, calm your client down. <laughs> After a while, get him out of the court. Think about that. But Jesus is there. Look at Isaiah chapter 53, verse 7. It says he was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, as a sheep before his shears is silent. So he opened not his mouth. This is Jesus. You know, understand this about Jesus. He did not have a flesh. Yes, he came in flesh and blood. But he did not have a flesh nature like we have Adam's flesh nature. He had Father God's nature inside him. So just imagine that. He was Father God's nature and filled with the Holy Spirit. So imagine that. Uh, if he possessed a sin nature, you remember he said it in, in, in the garden, I believe. He told one of the guys that was, was getting a sword and stuff, he said, Don't you know, put your sword away. Don't you know I could call 12 legions of angels to help me right now if I wanted Read your Old Testament in the Kings. You read the story of where uh, Sennacherib was uh, besieging uh, Jerusalem. And the king inside was really worried about that. And the king was told, don't worry, the Lord stands still and sees salvation. The Lord will take care of you. The Lord said, I will deal with him. And it's Hezekiah, I believe. And, and it says that night one angel went before the army of Assyria you know how many men he slaughtered? One angel. 185,000 soldiers. These weren't little girly men. These were soldiers, swords trained, 
trained to slaughter, and he killed 185,000 in one night. Picture 144,000 angels in the garden with Jesus. Picture what could have happened. What Jesus, if he'd had fleshly like us, what would have happened? He'd called them down and they'd cut the heads of all them people off and that'd been it, right? And there'd have been no salvation, there'd have been no resurrection, there'd have been no you. Come on. I'm not trying to make you cry or sad or anything. That's the truth. That's the God's honest. So, uh, not a word from him. Now, I would have screamed and hollered about that. But what about you? You, the only, the Holy Spirit was given in control of Jesus through him. And there is a time to speak and there is a time to be quiet. Ecclesiastes uh, chapter 3 verse 7. There's a time to speak, a time to be quiet. Only when we live and walk under the influence of the, God's Holy Spirit, just like he planned for us to and intended, can we speak or be quiet because he is leading and guiding us. Think about that. A lot of lessons you can learn just looking at what Jesus reacted and how he did things, you see. Only he can let us know when to use the tongue and when to be quiet. Gossiping and speaking evil are some of the most sinful things that a believer can engage in. A lot of things that we can fall in sin, but they're some of the worst things that we can, because it says we're biting and devouring one another. It's horrible. It's blasphemous to bite and devour and gossip about one another. It is. Somebody say amen. That was good preaching right there. It wasn't today. That was good preaching right there. So we need to lay aside that area of life. Amen. Uh, Jesus uh, designed, he despised the shame uh, here. And, and that's something that we as his kids must learn to do. When you're gossiped about and spoken evil of, be like Jesus and leave it in the Father's hands. Somebody say amen. That's good preaching. Be like Jesus. Leave it in the Father's hands. Amen. Uh, these religious leaders uh, couldn't, uh, they could not or refused to recognize who was in front of them in their midst. But yet there was a brilliant Roman governor who managed to see through all this and see what was really going on. Uh, the scribes studied the word of God, the scriptures all day long, and they could see all the verses that pointed to their Messiah standing in front of them. They could see the kingdom of earth resting on his shoulders. They could see wonderful. They could see counselor. They could see prince of peace. They could see the almighty God standing in front of them. Religion is blind. You think about that. It's blind. I've been to India. I was going one place to another in a cab. You talk about blindness. The stuff on that radio... The, the man driving the car, the blindness, try to talk and visit and, and, and share Jesus, the blindness, the willful blindness. And that's what religion does to folks, makes them willfully blind. Uh, there are religion, these religious leaders are blind to the one in front of them. Uh, why must they wait for a Roman pagan governor, Pontius Pilate, to say, here is a just man? I find no fault in him. Why do they have to wait for a pagan to do that? Why do they have to wait for a heathen Roman centurion that didn't know Jehovah God to look up at the cross 
and say truly this was the Son of God. I picture it breaking, him, breaking his heart that he'd been the ramrod, the leader, stringing the Son of God up on that cross. Why could this high priest not look at the one standing before him and realize here in this court in front of me is the eternal high priest after the order of Melchizedek from Hebrews 5.10. He's so loaded with the burden of religion, he's unable to look up and see the salvation of the Lord. Now not realizing that his own works, his own actions, his own goodness, his family, his standing in the nation would not be enough. We've all got to realize that. Those of you that are streaming with us, you've got to realize this. Religion has blinded us. Religion has filled our minds with lies. Religion will tell us, yes, if you make sure you go to Sunday school, make sure you take your children to Sunday school, make sure you go to confession, make sure that you, you, you give some money in the offering each week, make sure you say good things to people, make sure you're kind and all this. If you do all these things, you're bound to go to heaven. Religion will lie to you like that. Not good enough. The righteousness you're putting out will not make the grade. It won't do the trick. So how does it happen? How does it happen? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's how it happens. Whoever believes. It's the childlike act of faith toward God and His only begotten Son. As it says in the Bible, by grace through faith. By grace means God's riches at Jesus Christ's expense. Jesus paid it all. It's that way that it happens. But this high priest, this man of religion couldn't see it. He was blinded to it. So Jesus held his peace and the high priest answered and said to him, I adjure you by the living God that you tell me whether you are the Christ, the Son of God. And Jesus answered him, You said it! Now your Greek-speaking people, that word would have been this. Yes, sir! Emphatically, yes. You said it, yes! That's groovy, yes! <laughs> he said, yes! And I say to you that you will see me sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the, the clouds of glory. That's Matthew 26, 64 to 65. Please notice the living God was standing right before him in the courtroom. How could he not see him? How can you and I not see him? This holy one, this, the most high God, how can we not see him? How can we not see him? Glory to God. The reaction of the high priest... Matthew 26, 65, the high priest tore his clothes. He said, he has spoken blasphemy. What further need do we have of witnesses? Look, now you've heard him blaspheming. What do you think? Then the high priest fell down and proclaimed, thou art the son of God, and he worshiped him. Is that what it says? <laughs> Is that what it says? No, he had a full-blown meltdown. 
He blew his top. He blew his cork. Now imagine our Supreme Justice in Washington, D.C., John Roberts. Imagine him hearing a case and, and, and something upsets him and he stands up and begins to rip his robe off, screaming. And then he starts ripping his clothes off, screaming. Imagine that. That's what was happening right there in that courtroom. And <laughs> Glory to God. It blew the guy's cork. John Roberts sitting there screaming his head off, pulling his clothes off. Uh, he flips his lid and he screams, We don't need any more witnesses. We've heard him ourselves. And that was against the law because, did you know, the law stated that your own witness could not condemn you. Your own words could not, your own confession could not do it. No one was allowed to condemn themselves by what they said themselves. But he brazenly said, we don't need any more witnesses. He's guilty of blasphemy and he must die. One of the, the best legal systems the world has ever known, set up by Almighty God here. And look what they're doing. Look at the mockery they're making of the Lord and of justice on this. And it was, it was designed by the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit to be a blessing to humanity. But look what happened. Matthew 26, 60, 57. Then they spat in his face and beat him, and others struck him with the palms of their hands. Something not allowed in any courtroom, violence against anyone, defended anyone. Not allowed. Illegal. Have you ever had anybody spit in your face? Anybody ever, you know, someone ran, Brian ran his hand back there. What was your reaction? <laughs> what would our reaction typically be? Probably like my reaction. Uh, there was a, a, a young fellow in the game with, there that had a couple of teeth missing in the front. And there was another young fellow who was kicked out of the game. <laughs> He spat in my face. That was my fleshy as a youngster reaction to that. Imagine someone spitting in your face. And then they start, the Bible says they buffeted him. It's not like the word, the restaurant word we used to tease about the Apostle Paul. I buffet my body. That doesn't mean go for an extra, go for an extra round or two at the Golden Corral food bar. <laughs> it's not that. Buffet means this. They begin to do this. Pow, pow, pow. Kapow. And it says they spat in them. This is even worse. This is karate. They hit him with the palm of their hand. Pow! Pow! I imagine a broken jaw. Before it was over, imagine that. So imagine if that was you. What would you be doing? They smote him, it says, with the palm of their hands. So uh, they beat him and beat him and beat him. And it was ow, ow, ow. My granddaughter says, Papa, owie. Papa, owie. Imagine all the owies. All over the Lord Jesus, the shame. Uh, have you ever seen that at a trial? You ever seen anybody get a can of whoop opened on them at a trial? No, it's illegal. It would result in a mistrial, normally. But these religious leaders weren't having it. So we're going to close with these two scriptures today. Isaiah 52, 14. As many as were astonished at you, your face was messed up more than any man and your bodily form more than the sons of men. He was beat to pieces. I've been, in, as a kid, in fights. I got a black eye. I got some blood coming up my lips and a bloody nose. But imagine this over and over again. Kapow, kapow, pow, pow. Slap, 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 slap. Spit, spit, spit. 
Imagine what he looked like. Imagine what it must have felt like. I mean, you, you, know, you realize something, you think about this. Uh, the artists would paint Jesus. Remember the Renaissance artists that paint Jesus? He was this little girly man, little skinny, weak little girly man, meek, with a little kind of a whiny grin of expression on his face, meek, and his, his hair all messed up. But Jesus, that's not him. Jesus, he's, he's about six feet tall. And Jesus was a macho, macho. Man, think about that. Carpenter, saw your own wood. You ever done that? Put it all together? Carpenter. Big old, as, as Elvis said, a big old hunk of hunk of, you know. <laughs> That's who was standing before them, a he-man standing before them. Uh, Isaiah 50, 53, 5, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. By his stripes we are healed. 1 Peter 2, 24, this is the story of it all. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sins should live to righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed. Hallelujah. Those of you, those of you streaming around the world with us, those of you here at headquarters, realize this, he paid it all. He took care, he got her done. That's a phrase that he, he was there to get her done. And he got her done. He accomplished it. He bore it all. The problem was, uh, a lot of us, I'm, I'm pretty pain tolerant, a lot of us could take a beating. But imagine the beating and the shame, and then your Father God turns his head away because he put all of the nasty mess, the sin, on your shoulders and couldn't look at you. Imagine. And he's there on the cross. My God! My God! Why have you forsaken me? And then it said, he said, it is finished! And gave up the ghost. Praise you, Jesus. Gave up the ghost. Died, as the song says, he died of a broken heart. He died of the burden. Everything laid upon him. For you and me. For each of us. Now today, will you believe in this Jesus? Will you receive this Messiah who despised and put back this shame behind him? Will you give him joy today? Will you do that? Will you understand the road he traveled to do this for you? Would you do that? Would you pray with me today? We're, we're not going to, to have some sort of religious show or anything. We're just going to pray together. That's all it takes. The Word of God says this, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved in your house. So let's pray together right now. Uh, those of you watching, say these words out loud to the Lord. Those of you that wish to hear, say, Almighty God in heaven, I come to you because of Jesus. I come to believe on him. Almighty God, I receive Jesus as Savior. I confess him as Lord. 
I thank you for saving me according to your word. Move in, make me new. Amen. That's all it takes. Oh, that's too easy. When he made it grace, he made it easy. Believe, open the door. He said, I stand at the door of your heart and I'll open up and I'll come. That's what he said. So if you've done that, if you're, if you're streaming with us and that's your first time, please acknowledge on the, uh, the quotes, the uh, feedback that's on the, the website there on the live, uh, gentleshepherdfellowship.live. Amen. That what it is, Jeff? Gentleshepherdfellowship.live. Acknowledge that you have received Jesus. We want to follow up with you. We want to make sure you're nourished, that you have a church family there locally to go with and be with and be ministered to. Amen? Amen. Amen. Is everybody blessed? Everybody knowing Jesus? Everybody realize there's victory in the Lord? Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. And I, I, I really boo-booed today. I went overtime. But this is, this is my final time this month. So hallelujah. You get more later on. Amen. Month of June. So glory to God. Next week, Jay Lorette. Uh, as Dola mentioned, he's dynamite. We, we sat for three hours in the big office months back down there. He was here to pray with me about, about the church and stuff, the folks here. And we had a dynamite time together in Jesus. And I just I just fell in love with the guy, and I think you will too. So come next Sunday morning, uh, bring a friend or two or three or 10 or 20 or 100, or just whatever you like, just bring them. And let's be blessed together. Amen. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his shalom. The love of God, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the koinonia communion friendship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Be blessed as you go from this place. Amen. We'll be apart for a little while. We'll be back together Wednesday. Women of faith. Uh, Warrior Wrestling Project, uh, Powerhouse Youth, and Kids World together Wednesday. We'll see you then. Be blessed. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Glory be to Jesus. Amen. Keep on believing.